Hello, everyone, and welcome to what Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. On this platform, everyone has a story, and our Wonder Women in Business podcast gives a voice to the woman who has a story that is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories, or rather, they share their stories so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine. Today's guest is Amanda Scott, coming to us from across the pond. Amanda is a managing director and global mergers and acquisitions consulting leader at Willis Towers Watson. But Amanda is multifaceted, multi-talented, She's the co-founder of Mike's Mates, a mental health charity in the UK, and also a board member for Global Women for Wellbeing. There is so much more that Amanda will share about herself. I'm very excited that she's here with us because she is someone who has a great story to tell. Welcome, Amanda. It's a pleasure to have you with us this morning. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to the discussion. Okay, well, let's get right into it. So our Love very it. first question is the one that everyone on the line is wondering. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, education, community involvement. Um, who is Amanda Scott and what should we know about her? Perfect. So thank you for the wonderful introduction. And Maybe I'll start by just explaining a little bit about what I do, but then mostly talk about who I am as a person. So as you mentioned, I'm managing director and global head of M&A at WTW, Willis Towers Watson. Um, I'm mostly responsible in my day job for leading a global team that advises clients on the people aspects of a transaction. So I'm really passionate about human-led transformation and business transformation. So I like thinking about how organizations manage talent through a transaction, what the future organization looks like. So how they're retaining those people, how they're rewarding people, how they're engaging and communicating um, and helping them through what is always a very difficult or very exciting time in their lives or, or both. Um, so for me, that's kind of my day to day. But as you mentioned, I'm on the board of a couple of different organizations. So you mentioned Global Women for Wellbeing. Um, I'm also uh, involved in a ballet company and a pensions management institute and a business school. Um, and the, the list continues. But um, something else I'm, I'm very passionate about is, as you mentioned, Mike's mates. So I can talk a little bit about that today, too. But when you ask who I am, that's just my CV. So let me tell you a little bit more about at my core who I am. So I think firstly, driving, driving me is around helping people. So I have a global mindset and quite adventurous. I started out by studying at Johns Hopkins to be a pediatric cardiologist. Um, I got as far as um, undergraduate on that journey, um, but my mom had had open heart surgery as a child, so I really wanted to be a doctor. Um, I, at the time also, I studied with a shaman in the Amazon, went to the Darwin lab in the Galapagos. Um, in business school, I went to uh, 
India to study international finance and looked at the magnesium industry in Nanjing, China. So I've always had a passion for different cultures and different people and helping people. Um, I think the second thing I'd say is that I'm quite empathetic and I want to have a really wide positive impact. So as I mentioned, um, Mike's mates. So in 2015, we lost our best friend, Mike, to suicide. So we created Mike's mates in the UK as a website to help people explore options that are out there um, so that they can get mental health support faster. Um, and I think the third thing to know about me is that um, I love to create order from chaos. So I see solutions when people see issues. I love organizations and transformation. And I, I love turning that strategy into practical actions and solutions. So again, as I mentioned before, kind of that human-led transformation and putting people first. I love that. And everything you talked about in your background is clearly reflected in, in everything that you do. Uh, which is wonderful. Now, you did mention your mom and mm -hmm. her situation. So I want to take a few steps back and ask you about people and experiences in your early life, the young Amanda, who <laughs> had a great impact and influenced you and, you know, made you, uh, were there in the formation of, hmm, Amanda, this mm. evolution share with us a little bit about those early years um go back as far as you think you need to <laughs> perfect so i will start with my mom as you mentioned her um my mom is an extremely powerful and intelligent woman um she left university to take care of my brother and i so she had us quite young um and she was always a fantastic mom for us. Um, and then as we started to get older, she really wanted to grow and expand and go back into education. So she went back to, to university um, and she got her master's and she went all the way through and got her PhD at an Ivy League organization, or an Ivy League school. Um, so extremely proud of her, extremely impressed by her. She is now a professor and psychologist for children, for adolescent psychology. Um, and one of the most impressive moments in my life was watching her defend her dissertation, her PhD dissertation. Um, it was such a privilege to be in the room to see the power of her presenting and defending her research that she'd spent so much time on. So probably one of the proudest moments I've ever had. Um, Another person I think that I would like to mention as well is my grandfather. So um, my family grew up outside of Philadelphia, um, a fairly low income area. And my grandfather always was uh, teaching us the power of knowledge and curiosity. Um, and we were always researching things with him and looking things up in books and dictionaries and encyclopedias. And he, he just showed me the power of, of curiosity, really, and that lifelong learning is critical to growth. So I think maybe I'll stop there, but I could talk for, for ages about all the incredible people in my life, but I would start with those two. Wow. Well, that uh, was great sharing. And I, I felt 
uh, every emotion as you talked about <laughs> watching your mom. I actually, this the same year I graduated from college, my mom had also gone back to school and, and gotten her degree in um, administration in the hospital setting. She was a nurse. So she was looking at, you know, doing things a little differently. And this, um, you're never, it's never too late to learn something else and do something. And I just love that that openness and that spirit uh, fueled you at an early age and continued to make an impression on you as a young woman. Um, so let me ask you a little bit about how you work through things yourself. Um, what tools do you use to be more self-aware? Because you, you talked a lot, a lot about the fact that you, you look at problems as opportunities um, and you're very solution-oriented. And you also uplifted the importance and value of the human asset as a part of the organization. What are the things that you use to inform you and to, to continue to build your self-awareness um, as a woman, as a leader? I think that one of the things that, one of the tools and one of the things that I think is most valuable is that I'm an introvert. So I love quiet, but I also love listening. I love really deeply listening to what people are saying. And I think that that deep listening and, um, I don't know, just, just interest in hearing what people have to say really drives that reflection. Um, I'm naturally very reflective. I think very deeply about things. Um, I probably overanalyze things. I might be a little too self-aware sometimes to the point where it can be somewhat crippling um, and prevent me from doing things and taking risks that otherwise I would um, have loved to do. So I think that introversion has a real power to it as long as you use it in the right way and you can manage it and channel it in the right ways. I think that's a great pickup um, where there's a thin line between some of the tools and some of the things we do as human beings, right? As you mentioned, we can get to that point of paralysis where do I go or do I stay? What do I do? Always wanting the best outcome. Um, but I, I think you're fearless and I, I can see that you have made great strides in everything that you've done. I recently saw a post that you did on LinkedIn where you talked about um, authenticity and leadership. And uh, I would love for you to talk a little bit about uh, what being authentic means in your life um, and then touch on why you think it's so important in leadership and in life. Absolutely. I think that Authentic leadership to me really means truth and honesty and being visible with that truth. And I think that to your exact point, I think that social media has helped me have more of a voice than I expected. Um, it allows me to express my thoughts and it allows me to be authentic. Um, when I'm doing social media, I'm trying always to be helpful and give people little insights and snippets into my life so that hopefully we can kind of learn and grow together um, and laugh as well. And I think just being very genuine 
Um, and, and being who you are is important. Um, so authentic leadership has such a powerful impact on people because they too then find they can be themselves in a different way. Um, and I think one time I wrote a post about what makes you odd will make you great because I truly believe that. And I think that if we can share a little bit more about what makes us odd and what makes us uh, think as we go through our lives, uh, the more time for reflection and, and, and time for people to, to truly be authentic and be themselves um, will come through. I think that's absolutely right. And I love uh, what you said, what makes you odd is what makes us great. That's, that's true. Um, if we only took just some time to understand and appreciate how we could, you know, lean into it and apply it um, and give grace for others to do the same, right? Yes, so, absolutely. In, in your journey, um, I know that, you know, you, you ended up working in the UK and you've been there for quite some time. You've had different roles and done different things. So one question I have to ask you is what's been your greatest challenge and how did you overcome it? Whether it was a setback, a pause, a complete reversal, um, that major challenge, how did you, what was it? How did you look at it, grasp it? And what did you do to move forward? So I think that my greatest lifelong challenge is being an introvert. So I, I've talked a little bit about that already, but I think it's it's real. Um, and I think it's this fear of public speaking that also in combination with being an introvert um, has been an issue. So when I first started my career, even just picking up the phone to call a client to ask them to clarify a number um, was, was daunting to the point where I would write it down and make sure I rehearsed it. And it was maybe two or three sentences. Um, I remember even being nervous to leave my voicemail for my phone at my desk and we had to change them every day. And um, I don't know why it was so daunting for me, but um, I think just that, that kind of vulnerability and fear of being seen was, was pretty significant at that point. So I've done all kinds of trainings and um, I've had coaching to try to get past that. Um, and I do think that building on positive experience and reflecting on positive experiences as you go through um, really helps elevate. So um, if you make a phone call and it works well, um, that's, that's positive and you build on that. Um, you find your voice in a meeting and you learn to speak up. You learn to speak up in a bigger group. Um, it's just kind of small wins, one at a time, and then continually growing to that, to the point where I now feel more comfortable getting up on stage and presenting in front of people. Um, and something wild I did to try to get through this was I actually signed up for a 12-week musical theater program on Sundays to try to help build confidence and skills in presenting in front of other people um, and talk about scary. I had to sing. <laughs> so singing in front of other people was absolutely terrifying. Um, and now every time I go onto a stage or I talk uh, in front of a group, I think to myself, well, at least I don't have to sing. <laughs> 
I thought you were going to say I hum a tune so that oh. I ground myself to get started. Oh, that's great. I, I remember myself, um, the, the thing I used to say in my head was, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. There's nothing to fear, but, you know, just talk oh. yourself into it. So um, applauding you for looking for other ways to build your confidence. And that's so great because that's the great thing about being a whole person. You're open to learnings and opportunities and experiences that are much different from who you are. And they build strengths and other things within you and unleash things that you didn't know were there. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> sure. Who, who's been your best inspirational mentor? You know, we, we hear the term, we use it to lift and rise. So I'm wondering who's lifted you um, and, you know, what, how should women look at their role in lifting others in this, in this world? So that's a double, that's a loaded, that's two questions in one. <laughs> a mentor and, and then the lift and rise. Why should we do this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I think I'm going to answer your question with the fact that I really do believe in mosaic role modeling. So I have actually thought about this question quite a bit. And there's never been just one person who's 100% everything I want to be. So what I like to do and what I advise people to do is think a little bit about the pieces of what other people do that you really admire and then bring them together into who you want to become um, and just construct your own powerful leadership style and, and find something that feels natural to who you are. And so I think maybe this this is actually a big learning for me when I was trying to find my way um, on stage. So how do I present to an audience? And for so many times I was trying to mimic or be other people that I had seen present that I had been impressed by. Um, but I realized pretty quickly that because I was trying to be someone else, I was never comfortable and I never was going to be them because they're them and I'm someone different. So I had to take some of the skills and some of the tricks that they use or things that they did on stage to figure out how to be my own person. But I had to very quickly make it my own and be authentic so that I could feel comfortable in my own skin in a different situation. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, and why should women use this or do this for others in terms of the lift and rise? I think that it's absolutely critical that we support each other. And I'm gonna I'm gonna change this question a little bit as well because I don't think it's just that we have to help women lift and rise, but we also have to help men uh, lift and rise as well. So um, it was pointed out to me recently that I actually have more male mentees than I have female mentees. And people thought that was a bit surprising because of how much I support and drive for women. Um, but for me, it's helping equip men with the skills of being inclusive and collaborative and working in different styles, um, being empathetic and truly listening um, and being the best they can be too, because when we're all the best that we can be, we'll work together better. 
Um, so I think equipping men for the skills of inclusive leadership is just as critical as equipping women. I think you're absolutely right. Um, this is what's the missing link, right? Is that ability to be comfortable, collaborative, trusting um, of uh, the opposite sex and sometimes our own in everything we do. So um, very important. Thank you for that. And I am so proud of you <laughs> for <laughs> saying, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in for whoever needs me, but especially uh, the ones who we keep saying don't get it. Uh, how else will they get it if we don't share it, you know, groom it, cultivate it uh, in the way that it should be? Wow. Okay. I also find that everyone lacks confidence, not just women. Men lack confidence too. And I think equipping men with confidence will help um, help them be confident in their own role and their own capabilities so that they can support other people around them too. I find that you have to have all people uh, being, being their best. Absolutely. So uh, Amanda, what do you enjoy doing? You are uh, clearly a, a, a key person in many strategic roles and uh, great community organizations that reach out and touch lives and help others, but what do you enjoy doing um, on a day-to-day -day basis or on the weekends or what, what gives you <laughs> joy? What, what makes you laugh and smile? <laughs> yes, so um, I will give you a work-related or somewhat work-related um, answer and then I'll give you a family answer because they're both critical to me. Um, in terms of things that are bringing me joy right now. I love learning. And I know that sounds quite cheesy, but I've always loved learning. I love school. So um, I started an executive PhD program um, at one of the business schools in London. Um, and I've been really enjoying it because I love looking at data and getting insights. So um, at the moment, looking at the um, compensation data and gender pay gap for the UK um, and really understanding where the gap is. So not necessarily why the gap is happening, but more, more so pinpointing um, what aspects of it and where, where is it showing up. So that's been quite fun also because I'm learning lots of new skills. So learning coding, learning statistical software, learning um, different modeling. So that's, that's quite cool. And then I've also started um, designing a website. So figured I should, as a millennial, embrace my roots um, <laughs> um, and, and truly tick that box because I feel like I'm a little bit 10, 15, 20 years behind on, on designing a website. So um, I love learning. So I'll just, I'll put that out there that I find joy. Um, I think the other piece that I, I enjoy as well is um, my giving back to my community. So I'm looking at in London, um, picking up more of a community role and representing the community more in the city of London. Um, so there's a lovely area right by my office um, that I'd love to, to support. And um, so I'm looking at 
more ways in which I can do that, possibly becoming more of a leader in the community. So that's giving me a significant amount of joy as I get to meet more people and hear what their perspectives are and hopefully represent them. So then I promised you a family answer and I'll say my two-year-old um, brings me a lot of joy as does my eight-year-old. So my eight-year-old is at school today dressed like Harry Potter. Um, so we've been reading the Harry Potter books together, which has been a, a blast. Um, and my two-year-old is just a spark of joy. She's just a force to be reckoned with. Um, so I love doing Lego with them. We do a lot of uh, football, so soccer um, and tennis and sports. So really enjoy just being with them and laughing. That's great. We all we need that to help us balance everything um, that all the demands on our life that, you know, pulls on one side of the brain. Um, we need to have the heart in that, but also in other areas. So thank you for sharing that. Well, um, I, I've come to the question of the hour. Um, and that really is, can you tell us a surprising fact about you? What can you share that our listeners may not know and should know about you? Sure. Um, so I actually really enjoy poetry and words and um, I write my own. <laughs> so sometimes it will find its way onto LinkedIn. Um, so I thought maybe I could share with you um, something I've written, if that's okay. Oh, that's more than okay. We'd love to hear it. This is an original work by Amanda Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So can leadership be female and be feminine? When I started my career, I asked for advice on how to grow into leadership. The reply, tie your hair back, wear trousers, less blonde. And I've had a lot of coaching, deepen my voice, less smiling, stronger body language, be more masculine. Every female leader will have at least one instance where they received feedback on their look or advice to pull back on femininity to advance. Yet, she role modeled a different type of leadership. Leadership can be female and it can be feminine. It can be graceful and beautiful. It can be thoughtful and persuasive. It can be high fashion and pedicures. It can be laughter and empathy. It can be global with coordinating luggage. It can be whatever you want it to be. There's no one way to be a leader. I'm applauding. Yay. I'm applauding. I love that. Thank you for sharing. What a great talent. Uh, the words just flow um, so easily. And everything just really is, is powerful in terms of how you've laid it out. So I look forward to seeing your book of poetry. Um, <laughs> published uh, very soon. Uh, we'll say they heard your poem first on this uh, uh, podcast. So uh, we are at the end of this talk. It has been great. I want to thank you so much, Amanda, for sharing everything about you, uh, taking us on your journey from learning about the power of curiosity, your adventurous mindset, the fact that you are all things culture and people. You enjoy giving back and are a lifelong learner. 
uh, you do get out there and move around with your children, uh, bringing in that balance to your life. You stand by truth and honesty. And thank you for sharing the mosaic role modeling. I love that. There was so much here. I just tried to capture a few things to encapsulate our conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs>